Okay, let's get started with this year's Parshas by Midbar, a new Sefer that we have to start off with. Sefer by Midbar, scheduling note next week, there will not be a Parsha Shir, Motsai uh, Shvuis, or in the middle of Shvuis for the B'nai Chutz Laaretz Talmidim and Talmidot. Hashem, so we'll pick up with Parshas Baha'aloscha, Hashem, after the week after Shvuis, but there are a couple of Nasos uh, online from the past couple of years, so feel free to, uh, to enjoy those. But uh, right now, we'll save it by Midbar, and hopefully one thought at the end as we get uh, closer to Kabbalah Satora, and we count down the days until, until Shavuos. Okay, let's start off by Midbar with the fourth Pasuk. Hashem says to Moshe, on the first day of the second month in the second year, to count, <laughs> lift up literally the heads of B'nai Yisrael, according to their families, Everybody's counted. Twenty years old and up. All of those who go out in the army. You and Aaron take care of the counting. Next pasuk. With you shall be each person one per shavet. Lamate. Ish rosh lebeis avosav who. Each man, the head of his family. So we have in the Pasik, Ish Ish first the head, <laughs> the representative of the Shevet, and then the head of the base Avosav. Ask the Drash Vahaiun, what's the what's the added phrase in the Pasik, or the double phrase? We say Ish Ish the head, the representative of the Shevet, and then we say the head of the family, the base Avosav. So what's it meant to tell us? So it says Adrash Mohai in the following. Again, if anybody has to ever introduce anybody, or it could be used in a simcha as well, but anybody has to, to introduce or speak about a certain person with heartfelt feelings, here's the thought that one can have in their back pocket. Says Rav Levine, in Adrash in understanding this Pasuk, Ish the Rosh Lebeis of Osaf Hayanir it appears Al Pi Masha Anu Roin Lefamim. Sometimes we see Shagam Ish Pachos Vinamuch B'Maala. Sometimes people who aren't so great, aren't so amazing, aren't so worthy of leadership, they raise themselves up. Yigva Of V'Yirchash Loshem Kechad Adolim. They position themselves. And they somehow get into the place where they get covered, and people say, "Wow, what an amazing person!" Keep armuso with their subterfuge, with their 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 sly character. They could trick people, the hamonam, into thinking that they're amazing. People will think they're 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 unbelievable personalities. Even though they're not so amazing. And they lack qualities. But, says Adrash Vahayun, you know what the litmus test of these people are? They can inspire the masses who aren't so close to them. They can inspire people from afar. That people that can't see them close up. People that see them from afar, from the distance, when they always have, are dressed up and have the makeup on and everything looks polished and perfect, so that the masses can still be inspired. 
But these types of people, the people who are close to them, the people who really understand and see them day in, day out, they'll know the truth. If this person isn't for real, they'll know exactly that this person is putting on a show. Those who are so close to this person who is stepping into the shoes of a leader will realize the, the low level. They'll see the, what's lacking. Ulam says the Joshua Ha'ian. But then there are those who are true to the core. There are those who are leaders who should be leaders. They're people who are Toho Kabaro, the people who should be in the wear the mantle of leadership, of covenant, because that's what fits them and that's appropriate. And you know what says Joshua Ian? In that circumstance, the closer you are to the person, the more you're inspired. And the more we are in awe, and it's not that, oh, only if we're far away, we don't see the faults, but when we're close up, we see the faults. No, the great leaders, the dolem of, our, of our, all, all generations, they're people who inspire. And the closer you get, and the more you get to know them, then the more inspirational they are. Avalakrovim, line 14. Halo be'enehim, yiru godel ma'alasa v'rav erko. We'll see the unbelievable value of enodome shmi'a Quoting a Gemara. Right? It's not the same. You hear about them, then we see them. Rav Moshe Feinstein, Rav Shlomo Zaman Oyerbach, the greats of the, the previous generation, of our generation, so many people, so many of us knew them and met them. The closer you are to them, the more we were inspired. You hear the stories about Rav Moshe, Rav Shlomo Zalman, and the more you get to know them, it's like even more amazing. L'chein kalakar ve'lav yoser, yoser yirchash lo kavod v'yakar. Ki yoter the closer you are, you really see them. And says that Joshua Ha'i, and I think that's Pshat in the Pasuk Navi, when the Queen of Shiva comes to Shlomo HaMelech on line 20 in the 10th parak of Malachim Aleph. What does she say? Emes. It's true. The thing that I heard. It's true what I heard about you, Shlomo. You are the wisest man that I have ever met. I didn't believe it until I came. I thought you are category one type leader. I thought you were just putting on the show. The praised are those who get to be close to you because if you inspire from afar, the greatest people and the, the, the most true people amongst us inspire from close in as well. And says that before we get back to our Pasik, I think this is also the Pshad in the Yalkut and Sefer Shmuel. Says the Medrash in Oz Beis on line 34. Right, beginning of Shmuel. Who are we talking about? Elkanah. Elkanah going up and he went up, his wife Chana and Penina. Ha'ish, the man went up from his city. He was raised up in his house. He was raised up in his chatzer. Nis'ala Nis'ala b'kol Yisrael. 
That's the Medrash. Medrash says he was uplifted in his house, in his yard, in his city, in all of Israel. And it all came from him. What's the message? So with his understanding, it's beautiful. Elkanah wasn't just a leader, on the outside that inspired far away. Many times we could see people on a, a picture, we could see a, them on a, on a video, on a television, but when you get close up to them, they're very different. And it's just because of all the, all the makeup and the, and the coverings that they have for, a, for the distance. So that covers them. Kichazal, but Elkanah was someone who even from close in. No, it wasn't just Merachok, but it was Mikarov. It was in his city. It was in his Chatzar. The neighbors, our neighbors know us better than many other people know. And Halavai, all of our neighbors should have good things to say, good things to say about us. Because those are the people who, who hear what's going on when the windows open. We should hope that they're inspired in those situations as well. Said the Joshua Ha'iyah, now getting back. says, now we understand our Pasik. Turning over the page. What does our Pasik say? What were these Nesim? Ish, Ish, Lamateh. They were leaders to the Shevet. But they were also Ish, Rosh, Lobesavosahu. They were leaders in their own family. They were leaders for those who were close to them, who believed in them, who were them, who were with them all over. On the next page, Kiim Gam Hakrovim love. Also, those who were close, that see them always, with their true face. Those are the three types of makeup, Talmudic makeup. They'll also praise them. Hadavar laos, if those close enough, so close praise, that's a reflection. And that is, that is what is meant by Rosh Lebes Avosavu. The closer we get, the greater and the more we're inspired by that type of person. Okay. As we know, this parsha has a lot to do with lists and counting. There are not so many Rashis on this week's parsha, but there's a lot of psukim. Says the Torah, towards the, in the first aliyah, first aliyah, first two aliyos, we have the first counting of the, of the parsha, as we will, uh, as we get into more details, we go through each of the Shvatim, we go through Livnei Sh- Ruvain, Livnei Shimon, Pasach Haveis, Toldos Alamish Pachosam, Livnei God, Livnei Yehuda, we go through every Shevet, Livnei Yisachar, Livnei Zvulun, we go through exactly how many they had 20 years old and up. Livne Ephraim and Nash. We go through all of them until we come to the last one on this list, Naphtali. Naphtali is the last one, Pasuk Membeis. But in Naphtali, how many did he have? Naphtali, Shlosha Vachamishim, Ella, 53,400. Wonderful. Many of the Mepharshim point out that there's a letter missing. Obviously not missing. But <laughs> every Shevet gets a Lamid. Livnei Zvulun, Livnei Yosef, Livnei Manasha, Livnei Binyamin. Everybody gets a Lamed, except for Naftali. Naftali doesn't have a Lamed. B'nei Naftali, Todosel l'mishpachosel l'vei savosam. Where's the Lamed? Every Sheva gets a Lamed. Where's the Lamed of Naftali, Naftali Ayala Shulucha? Where's the Lamed for Naftali? So, you have in front of you three answers to this question. Where's the Lamed of Naftali? Why is it left out? 
the Bilchas Michal, contemporary, put together a couple of the answers. It's easier just to give it to you through his eyes. Says the Bilchas Michal, say, most achronim suggest that the fact that Naphtali is last is the reason why there's no Lamed. Meaning, it's not such a substantive lacking. Right? It's last, that's what we don't have a Lamed. Why? What's the difference if it's last or not? Let's see. He quotes the Panim Yafis and the Shach and others based on Rashi and Pashas Kisiso, which Beth Hashem will get back to a little bit later as well. The minion, there was a counting that took place the day after Yom Kippur. That first year, right? They went out Pesach, a couple months later, went after the day after Yom Kippur, that's when the minion took place. The minion in our parsha was six months later. In ER, right? The date is given in our parsha. Six months later, Vishnehem Hayushavim. They were exactly the same number. Not one of them was nifter, died. The first one was through the Machas HaShekel and everybody else lived till the next minion. And then they had another minion. In between they had the minion of the Egel. Okay. But what's the point? Next paragraph. By all the Shvatim, it has a Lamid. Why? Livne Asher, Livne Dun. Because Hainusha, Livne Ashevet, Hayaminya, Shiklam, Kafakach. They gave all the Shkalim and they say, okay, these Shkalim are to this Shevet. What? To this Shevet. These Shkalim are to this Shevet. But once 11 Shvatim already went, and you have a certain number of Shkalim left, and only one Sheva left, you don't really have to assign anything. Because it's kind of obvious. These are the number of shkalim left, and these are the, the one shevet that's left. You don't need the lit. Two, we're going to assign this amount of shkalim to that shevet. So it's nothing to do with naftali specifically. There's no shevach of naftali. It's just a very simple, obvious answer. Rakiva to shevet naftali nimnel achrona. Since they are last, ula achar shemano as yud alaf hashvatim. Once you count the first eleven. You know what, who, what Naftali has and who they have left. And therefore it says, Naftali Okay, one answer straightforward. Another answer given by the Balaturim, also quoted, again, it's one line in the Balaturim, so I just gave it to you from here on line 16. Why? Shibashavit Naftali, and you have to know Midrashim to give this answer, as the tour knew. There were more women than men. Right, the Torah doesn't list off the women. Got to look at the Midrashim. More women than men in Shevet Naphtali. But it's even hinted to in Naphtali's bracha in Vayechi. Ayala Shalucha Hanosein Imre. Right, so that's Rashi Tevos Isha. Ayala Shalucha Hanosein Lolamecha Yibanos Yosem Yabanim. That's why there's no Lamid to kind of emphasize B'nai Naftali, to emphasize, even though they were less, they were still a Shevet of Am Yisrael. Habanim Yoser Number two. But then we have the third. <laughs> the first two weren't really saying anything great about Naftali. But now we have a third idea from the B'nai Yisachar. The Igrit the Kala, which is the B'nai Yisachar's commentary on Allah Torah. So there he quotes, Tirits. As we know, the Lamid is the tallest letter. The highest letter. And the Lamid reflects 
haughtiness, holding myself above others. That's Lamid. Proud. Every Shevet had the Lamid because in the list they went before somebody. And they held themselves high in a certain sense. Naphtali was last. Naphtali was quiet. Naphtali didn't have a Lamid. He was the last one. But he took it in stride. And they didn't complain about it. And they were there. And they don't have a Lamid. But that's not bad. It's fine to be last. Achron, achron, chaviv. But that's Naphtali. There's no Lamid. Because they don't have to hold themselves high. And they accept it. And this is not always easy. Because not being in the position that I want to be in many times causes problems. We mentioned last year or two years ago, I think it was last year, Rav Sarotskin, who talks about a Pasuk later in our Parsha, after all the Degolim are mentioned, and they, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. Well, it was so difficult that they didn't argue. Let's continue and comment with a connected thought from this year. If you look in the Chachmas HaMatzpun, which is a Sefer with a collection of Baali Musar, Quotes a medrash that many of the Sfarim talk about in source number one. Now we're right in source source four. At the moment that Hakadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, start making flags. Why? What do you mean start making flags? The medrash had said previously that Bnei Yisrael saw the Malachim. They marched. They weren't physical beings. But they had flags and they had sections and they, they had their own parade in Shamayim. But they said, we want to be like them. We want to be like them. It's gold. From the word Degel, we say every morning. So Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, make them Degolim like they wanted. Fine, give them Degolim. Hischil Moshe Meitzar. Moshe, though, says to Hashem one minute. Moshe is a little perturbed. Omar. Achshav asida hamachlokes lihinasi ben ashvatim. If I give them flags and assign them exactly where to be, I know they're going to fight. They're not going to accept whatever I say. You know, it's like a parent knowing that whatever the, however the split up or the seating arrangement is for a certain meal or car ride, there's going to be machlokas. Does it matter? Doesn't matter. Moshe says, there's going to be machlokas. If I tell Yehuda to be in the Mezrach East, who Omer, I want the South. What do you mean? I want to be in the South. Moshe says, Hashem, I don't know what I'm going to do. Moshe, Which in this context means, Moshe, don't worry about it. Why? They already know their same seats. What do you mean same seats? They already have positions from carrying Yaakov's Aron up from Mitzrayim to Canaan. There's been a Mesorah. They know exactly where their Zetas were. That's all they're going to they're gonna follow. Same seats? Okay, there's no arguing. I was here before. Kishem Shatau Tohanu Oslo. Just like they carried him up. Ask some of the Bali Musa, the Aryael. I don't understand. B'nai Yisrael, they yearned. They saw the Malachim in Shamayim. And they said, we want to be like them. We want to be like the angels. We want to have flags. 
and, and places around the Aron, please, Moshe. Moshe says to Hashem, no, oh, they're going to fight. Are they going to fight? They're, they're yearning for Ruchnius. They're yearning to be like Malachim. And what does Hashem even answer? Hashem doesn't even answer, oh, don't worry, they're not going to fight. Hashem says, well, they're not going to fight because they already, have, they already have positions from earlier. So Hashem didn't deny Moshe's worry. He just said, there's a solution because they already know from beforehand. But what do you see from the, from the tone of the conversation, from Moshe's worry and Hashem's answer and the, admit, the, <coughs> the lack of answer? And Hashem just says, you're right, but the eight Sahara and the Ratzon, to be in a certain place. I don't want to be last. I don't want to be here. We're always looking to a different place, to a different spot, to a different seat, to a different position. That Yitzhahara is so strong that even in the world of Ruchnius, you know, he's sitting there in Shul, I want to sit there in Shul. He's, even in Ruchnius, that's what you see from the Medrash. The Yitzhahara is, is at his finest. And he's pushing us to get angry and to get upset and, and, to, and to be argumentative. Line 11. Anu mikan We see how dangerous and pernicious this Yetzirah is. The Dar HaMidbar, the Dar HaDeya, Mekavle HaTorah Kedosha, Veheim Hema Sheroes HaMalachim, Shehein HaSuyin Degolim Degolim. They saw the Malachim, Halavai, that we should be like them. And still Moshe says, I'm worried. And Hashem says, makes a lot of sense, but you know what? They're, they're not going to fight because they already know. They're the same seats from last time. But what do you see from there? there? We each have this inside of us and we have to be so careful about it. But you know what we learned? Naftali didn't let it get to them. No Lamid, we're okay. We don't need the Lamid. Will we last? They didn't have Gaiva. They didn't have it. They kept themselves okay. This is where Hashem wants us. This is where we'll be. That's connecting the Medrash and the thought of the Igritakalop. Right? We need constant guarding and constant zahirus in terms of how we feel about being left out, about being where we are in the in any area in life. And just being content, being content where we are. And he continues explaining that's that's why we need you know, in the world of Ruchnius and in the world of Gashmias, Shnei Yitzar and the Yitzar, the Shnei Lavavecha, and he talks about all of the discussions that we <coughs> always have to be on guard. Always have to be on guard. Okay. Moving right along. Next all we have is somewhat Kabbalistic. Not really deeply Kabbalistic, but just, it has to do with Shemos of Hashem. Let's see what Rabino Bachai tells us. This is all the way at the end of the first parak of Sefer Bamidbar. The end of the first parak, the last couple of sukkim, after the entire list and counting of Am Yisrael were listed, and after the Torah tallies up how much there is altogether, 603,550, which is the same exact number that was six months ago, the Torah tells us, but the Levium were not counted. That's excluding the Levium. 603,550 is excluding the Levium. They weren't counted. And we have a separate parsha for the Levium. By Hashem with a new Tibur, Hashem says to Moshe, first count all of Am Yisrael, 
and now count the Leviim. Aches matel Levi lo tifkod vesrosham lo tisa b'dokbanei Yisrael. Don't count them with the others. Viata, but command them. Hafkei de talavim al mishkano edus. The alcohol ke love. The alcohol ashelo. Command them. As we're going to have at the end of the parsha, Gershon, Kahas, Merari, all of the different uh, jobs that they served, they shall be around the mishkan. Saviv mishkan yachanu. They'll be the inner circle, and then the rest of Amishra will be around. Uvin soa hamishkan yoridu also all of him. Uva chanos hamishkan yakimu also all of him. Right throughout when the Mishkan moves, when the Mishkan stops, they'll take the Mishkan apart, they'll put the Mishkan up, Vahazar HaKarev Yumas, anyone who was not supposed to be there will not make it. As we know from Peretz Uza in, uh, in the story in Navi. The Rabbinah Bachai points out a hidden message for us here in Pasik Nun Aleph. Let's read it again. When the Mishkan travels, the Levim will take down the Mishkan and put it on the wagons. And when it rests, so then they'll put it up. Says Rabbi something that he says at least three times in his commentary, because you have three places in front of you. Source 5, 6, and 7. He must say it more. These are the three that, that I was able to find. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, Kfar Hodaticha, I have already let you know, Ki Bechol Makom Shetimsa Hashem Rashum Lemafreya, Behefech Osiyosav, there are times in the Torah that Shem Hashem is hinted to backwards. Which Shem Hashem are we talking about? Yudke Vavke. Yudke Vavke straight we know is, right, there are different names of Hashem. There's Ka, there's Yudke Vavke, there's Elokim, which is Din. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, what does Yudke Vavke backwards mean? Because if you look closely in this Pasik, you have it alluded to in the Rashi Tevos of the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th word in the Pasik. Uvitsoa, he has a little, a little uh, smidgek there. Uvitsoa Hamishkan Yoridu Oso, Halavim Uvachanos Hamishkan Yakimu. There it is, Yudke Vavke. Skip a word, Oso, and then you have it again. Halavim Vahazar Hakareid Yumas. You have a double, Yudke Vavke backwards. Why? More al Midas Hadin. Midas Hadin has turned onto a person. Kikain is Kiro Haman Arasha. That's what Haman did. Va'amar, Vikalze Enenu Shaveli. Right, there it is. Yudke Vavke backwards. Ze Enenu Shaveli. Bechaleis. Vinis Hafcha Midas Hadin Alav. Midas Hadin is going back on you. That's Yudke Vavke backwards. Vihine Bakan. And that's what's meant here. Every time, throughout the Torah, many Kabbalistic sources talk about this. Not that I'm so familiar, but there are certain basic ideas that Shemos of Hashem all have a, reflect a different attribute of God. And every time the Torah uses one name and not another name, Rashi sometimes says it, but it's always true. Every name of Hashem reflects a different attribute of Hashem. So Yudke Vavke alluded to in the Rashi Tevos, in the Sofei Tevos, backwards, forwards, everything has a different meaning. Rabbeinu Bachai, one of the great Rishonim, says when it's backwards, it means there's Midas Hadin that's coming upon a person. Vihinei, Bikan. So here too, what's the Midas Hadin here? Well, we're talking about Hazara Karev Yumas. 
Be'enyan avodas halaviyim. Hizkar t'chila b'kosuv hazeh Hashem ha'ne'elam. The hidden name. The acharechein. Hizkar Hashem ha'meforash. Shnei pa'amim l'mafreya. Twice backwards. Lahoros almidas hadin. Shehi metucha al-azara karev l'avodas halaviyim. Don't think about it. I know there are many Kohanic or Levite wannabes out there, but we have to realize HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be who we are. If we're Yisraelim, He wants us to be Yisraelim. If we're Kohanim, Kohanim, we all have a job. Uke'inyin she'ira be'uza. Like we noted before, she'kazabo v'yichraf Hashem be'uza. And he says, that's what's alluded to here. V'yistaka lechizkel ha'remes b'chopam imilas ha'leviyim. Halavim is the last hey going backwards. Yudke Vavke. Mimashi Adata. Kimidas Hashem. Levi Midas Adin. Levi is Din. Levi Milashem Elai in Parshas Kisisa. That's Rabbeinu Bachai. Where else do we see this? Is it a one time thing in all the Torah? Yudke Vavke backwards? We just don't focus on it. Right? To pick up on the little analytical elements. Just focusing. Rabbeinu Bachai says it's there again by the Dara Flaga. The end of Parshas in the the end of Parshas Noach, source number six. What did Hashem do? Kisham Balal Hashem Svas Kol Hashem mixed up the language of the land. Umisham Efitzam Hashem Da. You shall know. <coughs> right? He's very. He takes this idea very seriously. He previously said Kfar Hodatich. I've already told you where. Right here. Da. You shall know. Kikom Makom Shetimsa Zichron Hashem Amiyuchad. Rashum Betevos Lamafreya. Whenever the Shem Hashem Yudke Vavki is Rashi Tevos backwards. Humora Amidas Hadin Vizeh Echad Menamakomos. Right. This type of thought also brings out to us the divine authorship of the Torah. There is so much hidden. In, in between the lines and in between the words. And that also just Derech Agav is, we know, on the 8th, 9th, and 10th of Teves, there were three tragedies that took place. And that's why we fast on Asar Teves. The famous one is Asar Teves. That's when the siege started. The 9th of Teves, Ezra Hasofra died. The 8th of Teves was the Septuagint. The Torah was translated into Greek. And many ask, what was so tragic about that? Translation into Greek? So, the Nase happened, the 72 elders, and the Nisim... The tragedy was that many explain that the magic of the Torah, all the hidden secrets that you only get when it's in the pure, pristine Lashon HaKodesh, they disappeared, they vanished. Now it just became a book. You took out the Neshama. It's just the goof. So much is hidden behind the scenes, in between in the letters, like here, Yudke Vavke backwards. Whenever it comes up, it's Midas Hadid. Many times in the Torah. For now on, we'll keep our eyes open. It's needed. It is not coincidental. And I'll try to talk about each one. Says Rabbeinu Bachai. So here too, you have it. At the In this Pasuk, Right, you have it here too, and that is why the Dorha Flaga also were Zoche, not Zoche, they they uh, they were destroyed by a Kurdish Baruchu, they were scattered. Number two. And finally the third one, says Rabbeinu Bachai, is not really one. What do we mean? 
Look what he says now in Shmos. When Paro finally comes to somewhat of his senses and he's ready to admit in Perektes, what does Paro say? Ani Hashem HaTzadik V'yani Va'ami Harishayim I am the Tzadik, but Hashem is, I'm sorry, Hashem is the Tzadik and I and my nation are Rishayim, are the wicked. Yomar, Hashem, he's doing vidu here. He's confessing. Right, taking back what he said, what he said earlier. Yomar Hashem tzadik He is the tzadik. tzadik Hashem And he says this is in contrast to what he said before. Earlier he said Mi Hashem Asher here he confesses. And then he adds, and we're shame Hashem here. He could have said Va'ani Harasha and had Yudke Vavke going forward. Right? Hashem would be the Yud, Hatzadik, Va'ani, but he had another Vav in the air, he stuck in Va'ami. He didn't want to take it all himself. He couldn't do Vida just for himself. He didn't want to take the blame himself. That was too much for him. So he added in Va'ami. But again, says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, so now you have Yudke Vavke straight. But in the middle, you have an extra word. And he would have had Rachamim. But instead he puts Va'ami in, and therefore he didn't. So Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, in a couple of places here, put together where he talks about the secrets of the Torah, the Shemos of Hashem in a hidden way, found in our parsha, Bracious, and in, and in Shemos. Okay, that is all Perak Alf. Now let's move on to Perak Beis. We have the Minyan, and now we have the Degalim. You already <coughs> spoke about the Degalim a little bit, but now let's get back into it. Ishal Deglobo, Sosla Beislav Osam, the Torah describes to us how the Aron in the middle and the Levium were surrounded by three, four sections, four groups of Jews, three in each section, three Shvatim in each section, and the Aron in the middle. So who do we have in each section? We have Yehuda, Zavulan, and Yisachar in one section. We have Ruvain, Shimon, and Gad in another. Fechulu. And if we think about it, it's, it's hard to pin down exactly why each Shevet was grouped with the other Shvatim in its group and why they were on specific sides. So that would take a long time. We've done parts of it in the past. But I'd just like to bring you to your attention this year, Rav Hirsch. Rav Hirsch, which I gave you this time in the Hebrew. Usually, sometimes we look at it in the English. But either way, the original is the German. So it's either way a translation. But this time we'll look at it in the Hebrew. Rav Hirsch is focusing, what we'll focus on, feel free to read the continuation, but on the front leading group, the eastern group. Who is in that group? Yehuda, Yisachar, and Zebulun. Why those three? What were unique? We know Yehuda was a leader. That we know. Okay, we wouldn't argue about, you can only ask a question of why if you can find somebody else that should be there. But Yehuda's there, but let's try to focus a little bit deeper. Why Yehuda? What does Yehuda have in common with Yisachar and Zebulun? 
What's the connection between those three? Nivdokata says Rafersh. Estiva Machinus. Let's focus on the nature of the camps that are split up into groups. Berosh Bitsan Mizrach in the front, the eastern group. Yehuda, Yisachar Zavulun, to his right, to the south is Ruvain, Shimon, and Gad. Then you have the group on the north side, Don, Asher, and Naphtali. And then, I'm sorry, that's bringing up the, uh, the rear, and then, right, that's, the, <coughs> that's on the left side. And then Mul Yehuda on the opposite side, is Ephraim, Menashe, and Binyamin, right? The Bnei, the Bnei Rachel. Kal Echa, now in the middle, Kalami, Shloshes HaShvatim, Shomachan Yehuda. What was it about the three Shvatim with Yehuda? What was their midah that they could be leaders? Says Rav Hirsch, we'll appreciate this if we look at Parshas Bamidbar along with Parshas Vayechi. If we remember the brachos that Yaakov Avinu gave his children, that will help us realize the connection between the groups that here, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu. Because as we know, by Yaakov Avinu, it wasn't, we call it the Birchas Yaakov. But some of them weren't brachos. Some of them were just descriptions of their nature, descriptions of their personalities, their DNA. What's in their DNA? Pathas Kamayim Altosa. That's Ruvain's DNA. That's not a bracha. It's just describing his personality. Says of Hirsch, what is it about these three? So first Yehuda, or even before that, says of Hirsch, each of these Shvatim were leaders both in Ruchnius and in Gashmius. They were leaders in the spiritual realm and they were leaders in the physical economic realm, as we will see. And that's what a leader has to be. A leader has to be involved and worried about his subjects, his students, his congregants, the spiritual well-being, for sure, but also the, the financial and the physical well-being. Right? That's also the job of a, of a Jewish leader, of a rav, of a mashkiach, of any type of leader of masses. All three of these, had both of these attributes both of these elements. Kvar Yaakov Avinu Moso, first Yehuda. Yehuda, who's, no, who's known as Yehuda, Malchus Beis David, they're known as the physical. Yehuda, Aryeh, a lion. But it wasn't just that. What David HaMelech only was physical. He doesn't quote it, but, but all of Davening is David HaMelech. What David is only our physical leader, our king. He, beat, he, he, kills, he kills Goliath. He wrote to Hillen. This is David HaMelech. Says the Rav Hirsch, Rabbi Yehudes HaManig Atzoed Rosh Ubiado Shevet Moshlem Ve'et Mechokakim. What do we say in Vayechi? Lo Yasser Shevet Mi Yehuda Umechokak Mi Bein Raglov. What's the Shevet and what's the Mechokak? The Shevet is the staff in the physical realm. The Mechokak, Lachkok, to engrave, to cut laws. Yehuda is both. Yehuda is the leader in the spiritual realm, in the physical realm. He goes first. Yehuda is the leader. He stood up. Malchus based David. But Malchus based David is both. Right? He takes care of the Am in all ways. Yisachar. Again, Yisachar and Zvilin are both known. They're famous for one of the attributes. But Rav Hirsch proves that really both attributes uh, existed by both of them. 
Yisachar. What does it say by Yisachar? Right after Yehuda. First, I'm sorry, you have Yehuda, Zvulun, and then Yisachar. Yisachar chamar garem, rovates bein hamishpasayim. Yisachar chamar garem. What is chamar garem? Vayar menucha, let's continue for a minute. Vayar menucha kitov. He saw menucha and it was good. Vesaharetz kinaima. Vayet shichmo lisbol. What do those psukim mean? Look at Rashi in Parshas Vayechi says Rav Hirsch. Vayar menucha kitov says Rashi. Ra'a lechelko eretz mivoreches vitova lahotzi peros. He saw his portion was full of great fruit, was full of bounty, physical bounty. Yisachar said, I'm going to use that. And the next phrase, he put his shoulder down to carry the olive Torah, who as we know Yisachar was, many of the Sanhedrin. But Yisachar, physical and spiritual. What about Zavulin? Where does Zavulin have both of them? Says Rav Hirsch. If you just look at Vayachi, you only have one element. Zvulin lechof yamim yishkon. Zvulin goes out to sea. Vulachof anios v'yarka soal tzidon. So here vayachi isn't enough for us. Here says Rav Hirsch, we also have to look in Shoftim, in Shiraz Devora. In Shiraz Devora, there he's quoted. Zvulin is described line seven. Hayuban of Yachadim zeh gamoshchim b'shevet sofer. What does that mean? He pulls the ropes of the Safras, of the Sofer, the Radak, there in Shoftim, and Perakeh says, Hachachamim vehasofrim. Zvulin were the scribes. Zvulin were also spiritual leaders. Says Rav Hirsch, at the front, the first leaders, after Moshe Rabbeinu, obviously he was the ultimate. Moshe Rabbeinu was Rabbeinu, but he also had the din of Amalek. So Moshe Rabbeinu, every leader has to be both leaders in the spiritual realm and the physical realm. And this is what Am Yisrael had in front of them at the beginning, as they traveled in the desert. <coughs> okay. Moving right along. A couple more thoughts related to the Parsha. Before then, hopefully, we'll end with one thought related to Shavuos. Eric Gimel. Pasuk Alf. Torah starts off after describing the Degolim. The Eilat Toldos Aaron and Moshe. These are the Toldos of Aaron and Moshe. Biyom Dibur Hashem al Moshe Bar Sinai. These are the generations, the offspring of Aaron and Moshe on the day that Hashem spoke to Moshe. Next pasuk. These are the sons of Aaron. Nadav Aviu Alazri Samar. These are the Bnei Aaron. Nadav Aviu died. Bechulu. Asks Chazal the famous question. Only Aaron's family is listed here. Why is the title pasuk of Paragimel? These are the Toldos of Aaron and Moshe on the day that... I'm sorry. I take back a step. I skipped one thought. I skipped one thought. Uh, you know what? Let's do the question now because it also relates. Let's do it. Says the says Rashi, It only lists B'nai Aaron. Right? Why does it say Moshe? What does Moshe have to do with it? V'nikru Toldos Moshe L'fisha Limdan Torah Because Moshe was there, Rabbeinu too. They learned, Aaron's children learned with their uncle, right? The first Uncle Maishi was right here, right here, the Bnei Aaron, the first Uncle Maishi, right there. Melameh, Shekal HaMelameh is Ben Chavero Torah, to teach us that if I teach my child son Torah, 
It's as if I give birth to them. If I teach somebody Torah, it's as if they're my children. The Gemara says elsewhere, in the same Gemara there, in Masechah Sanhedrin, which Rashi is quoting, if a person raises a child, adopts a child, fosters a child, ki'ilu yalado, it's as if they gave birth to them. There is an amazing discussion, not so Lamaisa, but an amazing discussion in the Achronim. Makes our eyebrows stand up a little bit. Related to this Chazal. When it's not actual birth, but it's ki'ilu. If I teach my son Torah, ki'ilu yaladu. My, 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 my friend's son. If I'm a gadol yasam betok beisi, ki'ilu yaladu. And it's a father and son talking. A chacham tzvi, or tzvi Ashkenazi, and followed by his son, Rabbi Yaakov the Yavitz. This is the question. Says the chacham tzvi in source number nine. Nistapakti. I have a doubt Adam Hanotzar al Yedei Sefer Yitzira. We know throughout our history in the Talmud, the Gemara tells stories, as we'll see in a minute. But there are legends throughout history. The most famous, of course, is the Golem stories of the Maharal. True, not true. We're not taking a stand on that right now. But the Chacham Svi says. Adam Hanotzar, they say for If there is someone who is created through Kabbalah, through the Sefer Yitzira, which was authored by, most assumed, by Avram Avinu, by an early source, Kaosa Sha'amru Sanhedrin, like the one in Sanhedrin. Which one in Sanhedrin? Sanhedrin. I gave you the Gemara in source number 10. It's an unbelievable Gemara. Rava says the Gemara in source 10. Skip there for a minute. Bragavra. Rava created a person. Rava Bragavra. <laughs> we'll get back to that Gemara. But we see there's, there, there are Talmudic scholars. There's, there's the Amoraim who could create people. They're not real people. But the question, the Chacham Tzvi is a halachic work. Shilas Vachuvos. So I don't know if he was, I don't think he was asked this question, but this is his suffix. Could you count him for a, could you count it for a minion? Could you count a being that was created by Sefer HaYitzira for a minion? Mimitztare. Again, Sefer Yitzira, if you want to look it up, it's about two pages long. But it's, it's a Kabbalistic work where there are huge volumes written trying to explain Sefer Yitzira. But if you have a... Right, so this, this, this is Halacha right now that we're doing. This is not, uh, this is not Nistar. Can you count... This type of golem, this type of being, for a minion. Me, I'm reading on do. We say, Do we say, well, since a Dabrashavikdusha requires 10 full Jews, no way. Odilma, or do I say, and this is where it relates to us, Kiva the Kaimalambis Sanhedrin. Since we know if you raise a child, if you teach Torah to a child, if you do anything, even if it's not literally giving birth to them, but you are the reason that they are here and they are as they are, you get credit. So maybe if you say that, so then Kivan skipping down. Since it's Sadiq created this being, so just like Sadiq created other beings. 
That's this question. Can you count it for a minion? That's the question for the Shabbos table this week. Says the Chacham Svi, let me give you my answer. It's based on the continuation of that Gemara in Mesecha Sanhedrin. Now let's read the Gemara. Those who are unfamiliar, even those who are familiar. Says the Gemara, Rava Bragavra, Shadri Lakame Rabbi Zera. He sent in to see uh, to see Rabbi Zera. By the way, Rav, you see there's a little star on the side of the Gemara. Another gear says Rabba. That it was Rabba who created, which makes it unbelievably fascinating in that many are familiar with another Gemara with Rabba and Rabbi Zera and Trias Hamesim, and that's the Purim story. In the first parak in Megillah, where Rabba got up and killed Rabzera at the Purim Suda. So it's fascinating that these are the two same players that are having this conversation. Rabba created Shadri the Rabzera. He started talking to him. And he didn't answer. Rabzera realizes that this is not a human. Min Chavrai at. You are from the Chavrai, which is like Chover Chover, the sorcerers. You're from the dark side. Hadar La'afrach. Return to the dust. And the guy obviously returned to the dust right there based on the words of Reb That's the story. The next line is not for us now. I just gave it to you since it was here. They were, Reb Chaninir of Oshia created a, a, a cow to shecht every hour of Shabbos through Sefer Yitzhira. Okay. Venera back to the Chacham Svi. Venerally, it appears to me, can you count this person for a minion? Since you see, look what Rabbi Zera did in the Gemara. It can't be that he could be counted for a minion. If there's any Kedusha, this being didn't have an Ashama. It was a robot. It was basically a robot. It was a physical being. That's why Reb Zera was allowed to do what he did. Lo Reb Zera wouldn't have done that if he had any Kedusha elements connected to him. And therefore, says the Chacham Svi, Mikal Makam, skipping down, Kivin Sheishbo Toelas, Lo Hayo, Lavirim, and Olam, Elavadai, Shein Mitztarif, Lasar, the Chaldar, Shibikdusha, Kain, Nira, Li. I think, no Neshama. You can't count it for a minion. That's it. You go by neshamas. No neshama. That's the rule. Neshama, a sleeping person, you could count for a minion if he's a little bit there. Big discussion in the post game also. But sometimes if someone is somewhat sleepy, that's different than this person who might be to- this this being that might be totally awake. And his son Rabbi Yaakov Emdin in the next shuvah in source eleven discusses this as well. He quotes his father. My father, Bisifro, <coughs> no, sorry, they say for Yitzira, Imitztaref, he starts off by saying, I don't know what his question is. What's the Havamina? To have him included. Anybody without Das can account for a minion. And I don't think it's connected to whether you can kill them or not. Because a Cherishot of a Katan you can't kill, and yet you can't count them for a minion. So I don't really know exactly what the what the Havamina was uh, that my, my father was talking about. But either way, I agree with him. I agree with him. But I just don't know what the Havamina was. Feel free to look at the continuation of Rabbi Yaakov Emden's comments. That's the halachic part of tonight's year, if you could call it halachic. Good. One more thought for the Parsha, and then one more thought for Shavuos. 
We haven't looked at the Mishkan Betzalel in many, in many months. Rebetzal Radinsky from Muncie. He has four questions. Four questions on the same Chazal. What did Chazal say? is Ben Chavero Torah Ki'ilu Yaldo. Why did Chazal say Kol Hamalamed Ben Chavero Torah? Why not Kol Hamalamed Chavero Torah? Whoever teaches his friend Torah. What do you mean Ben Chavero? Whoever teaches Chavero Torah. What, it's only because it was talking about the nephews? Question one. Question two. We know in Pirkei Avos. Pirkei Avos tells us, Ezehu Chacham, in the name of Benzoma, who is the wise person? One who learns from everyone. Asks the Mishkan Mitzalel. Why do we have to come up with that definition? No, for, for riches, okay. I understand, but why can't we just say, the one who knows the most. The one who, who sits. Why do we have to come up with Halomi Mikalada? Question two. Question three. Question three and four are very similar questions. There are two stories that we have that are fleshed out by Chazal, but they're stories of personalities in Tanakh. The first is the tragic story uh, we're not doing all of his questions now, but we're doing a number of them. The tragic story of Yiftach HaGiladi, who made the neder of whatever comes out of my doorway first, I'm going to give us a carbon. His daughter came out. Was she killed or not? Machlok has shown him. But either way, the Medrash tells us that Yiftach could have had his neder annulled by the Gadol Adar, by Pinchas. But Yiftach didn't want to go. I'm not going to go to the God Aldar. He can come to me. And Pinchas says, I'm not going to him. He could come to me. Pinchas. Yiftach wanted to shoft him? Especially Pinchas. How are we supposed to understand that? He couldn't. He, this is Pikuach Netesh. So Yiftach was being too haughty. Pinchas should have gotten up and gone there. Similar question, and we'll see, we'll have one answer to answer everything. Similar question, the Gemara in Brachas Dafyud, Chizkiyo Amelech, is on his deathbed. It turned out not to be his deathbed, but he was on his deathbed because <coughs> he didn't want to have children, and Yeshayahu didn't want to come to him and give him Tochacha. He didn't want to be Mavakar Chol until Hashem says, go. Hashem forces him to go. And again, the question is, Chizkiyahu, Yeshayo, the players here, they don't want to go to each other? Why didn't Yeshayo want to go? Line 24. I understand this. There must be something deeper. Says the Mishka Metzala in the name of the Imre Emes. He quotes the Gera Rebbe and then he uses this idea to answer all the other questions. The Imre Emes quotes on the bottom, on line 37, why didn't Pinchas go to Yiftach? Yiftach needed to get rid of his neder. He needed a Hataras Chacham. He needed a Chacham to matter it, to annul it for him. He needed the relationship of a Chacham to him. In order for us to benefit at all from any Chacham, 
we have to make sure that we lower ourselves in front of that Chacham. Not physically, but just look at that Chacham, that leader as a leader. If we hold ourselves too high, then the most inspirational words would not be able to get into our hearts. We spoke last week about our last slave of the smack. We have to circumcise our heart to uncover it. But we have to be machnia ourselves, says the Imre MS. We have to lower ourselves. And Pinchas didn't want to go because you know why? Hataras Chacham requires the noder, the one who took the neder, to view the other person as a Chacham. Pinchas said, if I go there, then he's just going to still be up. I need him to come to me. So then he'll have that attitude of I'm the Chacham and I'm going to be matir his neder. Why was Pinchas faulted then? Because still, when he saw it wasn't working, he should have gone anyway. Maybe he could have inspired Yiftah when he went there. But that was the Kavana originally. But the underlying root message is, in order for us to accept any type of tochacha, any type of self-awareness that someone else is going to give me, I have to be open to it. I have to not hold myself so high. I have to get rid of the lamid, like B'nai Naftali. I have to allow it to come to me. And that was Yishayo HaMelech also. I don't want to go to Chizkiyo because I want him to come. I, want, I, I feel so much for him if he comes to me, to bed, I'm the Navi. It'll be better for him. He says on line 24, No, he didn't hold himself higher than Chizkiyo. He wanted his words to penetrate. And that only would happen if Chizkiyo is Machniya himself. Says the Mishka Metzalo now. That's the message. The true Chacham in the world is one that will be ready to listen to anyone that will lower themselves, again, not in the physical sense, but with the attitude of, I can learn something from this person. That's the real, true, wise person. And that, to finish the Chazal, because that's what you need to be able to learn. We have to be a Ben. We have to be a Talmud Chacham, and not just a Chacham. And that's how we always call someone, a Talmud Chacham, and not just a Chacham. Okay, just to end off with one thought related to Shavuos. And this is, I might have mentioned this in other contexts, I don't remember exactly, but it's a thought from Rav Asher Weiss, the Minchazash. In one of his Sefer on Moadim, he says this in more than one place. We are leading up to the amazing moment of Nasev and Ishma. There's a lot of focus on Shmiya. But at Harsinai, there was a lot of focus also on Re'iya, on seeing. Even in Dvarim, when we are warned not to forget our Sinai, he shomer lecha pentishach as a Dvarim asher ro'uenecha ro'im esakolos. There was re'ia. What's the relationship between shmia and re'ia? And what's the goal? <laughs> and what are we supposed to be focused on? Says of the Minchas Asher, first quoting an idea from Rav Chaim Ibalajin and the Bnei Yisroschar, Dehine line twelve. It's the way of the world. Adam. 
out of all the senses that we have, hearing, smelling, touching, the one that is the most clear, that gives us most clarity, is Re'iyah. Re'iyah. You hear something, you're not sure what I hear. I smell something, still can't put my finger on it. I see it, it's clear. Clarity. Re'iyah represents clarity. Cesar Basha Weiss, our emuna as Jews is not based on Re'iyah. Because there's so much of God that is not clear. We don't have clarity. Maybe in the base of Migdash we had clarity. Maybe at our Sinai we had clarity, Rowan and Sakolos. But life's not about clarity. Life's not about Re'iyah. Life's about Shmiah. Life's about hearing from our parents, from our grandparents, being the next chain, the next ring on the chain, the Shalshelas Hamasora. The Ein Einenu, line 20, Roho says, Iker Havaya, because we don't see God. On our emuna cannot be based on Re'iyah. And there are amazing stories. Again, maybe we'll just quote one. The Gemara, he quotes the Gemara Baba Basra, a great story in the Ayin Hay, where Yochanan was giving shear. And Rabbi Yochanan said, he was giving shear, and he said that when Mashiach comes, the Malach, the gates of Yerushalayim are going to be huge. Huge stones are going to come, 30 by 30 amos, huge, humongous stones are going to come to, to be the gates of Yerushalayim. And Yom Yoma, Yom Yerushalayim. And there was a Talmud in the back of the, in the, back of the shear who started laughing. Ligleg Talmud. He started scoffing. It's a very strong word. Ligleg. He says, Rabbi Yochanan, we don't even have stones half that size. Do you expect me to believe that? Come on, Rabbi Yochanan. Okay. Shear finishes. And this Talmud goes out on a trip on a boat. And all of a sudden, when he's out on the boat, he looks up in Shemayim. The Talmud must have been on a very high level, even though he was scoffing. And he sees in Shemayim the angels chiseling huge stones. And he says to them, what are you chiseling for? He says, these are the stones that are going to be used for the gates of Yerushalayim. Ba'asilav will be Mosa Mashiach. And he says, really? He tells the captain, quickly, back to shore. He goes back to shore. And he runs over to Rabbi Yochanan. He says, Rebbe, I'm sorry, I apologize. And his Lashon is in the Gemara. Kasher Amarta Kain Raisi. What you said, I saw. I believe you. Amar lo, Rabbi Yochanan says in the second to last line, Reka, you empty one. Il male raisa lo ha'amanta. What, had you not seen, you wouldn't believe? Melagle al chachamim. You're being melagle. You're scoffing. Nasan ena bo, Rabbi Yochanan gave him the stare of death and he turned into a pile of bones. That's the story. Says the Minchas Asher, this Talmud's emuna was based on Re'iyah based on what was in front of his eyes. And until he saw it, he didn't believe it. And he scoffed. Rabbi Yochanan says, that's not the Jewish way. You think that only what you see in front of your eyes exists? What did Rabbi Yochanan do? He took away his neshama. You're only a goof kind of guy? I'll give you a goof. That's not our emuna. Our emuna is nasa v'nishma. Yes, at Harsina we had Re'iyah, but forevermore throughout our history, there are so many things that we don't understand, but we believe. And we have a lot of questions, but it's okay to have questions. That's the Chag of Shavuos. 
when we reenact the Re'iyah, but we celebrate the Shmiyah. And we celebrate that what has kept us going throughout the generations is our ability to listen, to be an Am, that's Shomim, that are Ma'aminim, B'nai Ma'aminim, even in the face where we can't have the Re'iyah. Okay, we'll stop here. Hashem, next week, again, no shir. Uh, we will pick up with Parshas Baha Aloscha in two weeks from tonight. Everybody should have a Guten Shabbos and a Chag Sameach next week.